Hey, good afternoon, Pop Fan Rivalry followers. It is Bill from Pop Fan Rivalry, and I've got another returning guest with me, somebody who always makes me laugh before we talk, before we record. We got some pregame going on. Uh, you know, he's a great guy, a great uh, fan of the game, great athlete in the game. And so, Antonio, welcome back into the clubhouse, my friend. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Anytime, man. You, Anytime you reach out, you always make me laugh. I, I'm not going to tell them where you, you work, but man, I, I misunderstood there for a second and you were having me rolling. So <laughs> anyways, enough of that joke. Okay, here we go. So last time we talked, you know, you, you said your favorite team was the Braves. Now I know dad's a Cubs fan, um, but you know, you had said that you were a Braves fan. So talk to me a little bit about where they may have struggled this year or where they kind of hit some bumps in the road this last 2022 season. Well, I, you know, I think overall they had a pretty good year. I mean, they were, if I am correct, they were the first team to clinch early in the year. They weren't? Was it, the, was it your Dodgers? Yes, um, sir. What, what do you mean, was it? We won 111 games. We clinched back before 4th of July. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a player's guy, so I've always liked the Braves. You know, I like Ronald Acuna, you know, Michael Harris, great new addition. I like, you know, the young athleticism they have. They have Austin Riley, all the guys I like. So, you know, going into the year, I was super optimistic and they made it far. But also before the year started, I really wanted the Phillies to do well. I saw Bryson Stott a little bit in AZ Fall League and, you know, I heard that he was getting called up and I was really interested to watch him. And, you know, there's something about that Philly atmosphere that's pretty crazy. So it stinks that they have to play each other and Phillies have to take the win over the Braves because I wanted either to win. And, uh, you know, I just think that they really had no struggle. The, speaking about the Braves, the, the struggle leading for the next year might be they got to keep that consistency. They need to stay that world champion, you know, that world champion mindset they had last year. So. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, I, I think their struggle really is when you look when, you know, and again, being a Dodger fan, I can readily admit this and say this with all, with all reality, the national league East was the, the toughest division in the national league. You had Philly, you had Atlanta, and you had the Mets. Now, the Mets do what the Mets do. Oftentimes, they they met, right? I mean, they had a 10-and-a-half game lead up on the, the Braves and then blew that and ended up going into the wild card round. And, I mean, I'm not saying anything that Mets fans that haven't been on the podcast. I, I learned that from a Mets fan. Hey, we just met it this year. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but then they explained it to me. I said, okay, good. But I think your guys' struggle is the division you play in, which – this year it'll help you the 2023 season because every team plays every team this year. So you won't be playing the Mets. Uh, the Phillies won't be playing the Mets or the Braves won't be playing the Mets or Phillies and, and Braves won't be playing each other 19 times this season. I think they only play each other 13 times so that you can, you know, make room for other teams, which is fantastic because that means that your team gets to play teams that are rebuilding like the A's or like the Royals or, um, you know, teams that, that have struggled, right. Uh, and are looking for kind of to find their home, so to speak. So this should be, it should be interesting, but good call. I love that. I love that commentary. Um, 
so we're in the offseason. I don't pay attention to the rumors. Obviously, you told me you don't pay attention to the rumors either. Um, because until ink's on freaking paper, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, I joke around with it all the time. I say, yeah, Aaron Judge just called me. I just sent him the voicemail because I was getting ready to do my podcast with you. I just, you know, Aaron, I don't have time for you right now. Um, but what do you think, if you're looking at the Phillies or if you're looking at, at the Braves, what do you think in the offseason they really need to kind of hunker in on or, or really kind of, I mean, the Braves, I mean, the Phillies were a couple of wins away from winning it all, but what do you need to do to hunker down? I just think uh, from the Phillies side, I think they little, need a, just a little bit more depth, you know, in their rotation. I think, you know, Aaron Nola did a pretty decent job, but if they could get a couple guys that are some horses on the mound and really have great years, you know, down here in Arizona, we had Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly, and they did a fabulous job. If we could get two guys in Philadelphia doing that, you know, that's going to be 10 more wins a year. And that's the difference between a tight race and not close at all. So, you know, I think that's the, you know, they hit, I mean, they rake, uh, so I'm not too worried about their offensive side. Uh, but you go to the Braves, I think that the Braves need to make sure they uh, finalize their contracts coming into this next year. They need to make sure who are the players we really want to keep. And also, I feel like if I was a player in Atlanta and I had to resign, I honestly wouldn't want to leave. Even if a team offered me more money, you know, I want to stay in Atlanta, just being in that atmosphere and at the stadium, you know, like Freddie Freeman, he didn't care how much money it was. He still wanted to be the first baseman for the Braves. So, you know, if I'm Atlanta, I'd want to get back Dansby Swanson and just make sure I'm honed in on that, you know, winning team again. Because right. all of their guys are coming back. They got young talent, Ronald. All of them have a couple more years. They extended Ozzy. Now, if we could just uh, get Dansby, then – it would be complete in my opinion. So you're going to play GM for a day. Okay. I've just promoted you. You're now the GM of the Braves. Who is untouchable and who do you think if the right deal were to come along, so to speak, would you, you know, for example, would you give up a Dansby Swanson? If you knew you could lock in an Aaron judge, would you, would you give up Ronald Acuna? If you knew that you had two or three solid, starters or a, a nice closer and a start. I mean, who's untouchable to you on that list? Well, it's unfortunate that, you know, if I'm the GM, I got to think of the money side as well. Yeah. You know, <laughs> That's if, true. If I'm giving up a Ronald Acuna Jr., I'm giving up a player that has already put his name in the baseball hall of fame. Everyone okay. knows Ronald Acuna Jr., not just from the U.S., he represents his country and people fall in love with his goofy attitude. He brings other sports into it with his home run celebrations. Yeah. The older people might think it's a little flashy, but the whole point Rob Manfred was bringing up was he wants to bring the younger demographic back to baseball. And I think Tatis and Acuna and, you know, these players that are a little flashier help that. Uh, so one giving up Acuna, they pack they pack that place out to go watch him play. So we're losing butts and seats. And, you know, I think, yeah, if I was GM, I got to sign Dansby Swanson. You know, he's, he rakes, he's a stud. That's a guy that you know is going to bat in that range of, you know, 
270 to 300 every season. He's going to pop some bombs. You know, he's a good defensive player, uh, gold glover. So, you know, that's if I, I know that I need to take him back. But, you know, I'm, you know, I focus on the players I love. I'm not really sure on who I'd replace because, you know, I'm definitely honed in on Austin Riley and, you know, Ozzy Albies or Ronald, Ronald Cunha. Yeah. You know. And I, honestly, dude, I think you nailed it. I, I really think you nailed it. I think there's a couple articles that are going to be going up in this next week that are talking about the difference between um, baseball fandom and the business of baseball. And the very first thing out of your mouth, I loved it when I asked you this question was, I got to think of the dollars and cents, right? And so it's not just the fan favorite. It's, you know, what it what are the untouchables? And so, like you said, Ronald Acuna brings people, puts butts in the seats because he he is who he is. I mean, he wears yellow stuff in a that has nothing to do with the Braves colors, but it's flashy, right? He's not a Carlos Gomez who wants to show you up, but he is the guy that, that he'll add a little flash and flair to it. Um, this Michael Harris guy that you guys got down there, to me, that guy's untouchable. You guys locked him up for 100 years until he decides that he doesn't want to play anymore. That kid is good. Um, and so I, I liked your answer to that. That's that's very, you know, most people can't separate out the fandom and the, uh, and the business of baseball, which is tough because, I mean, here in L.A., we just non-tendered Cody Bellinger. Everybody loves that guy around here, but... He's not hitting right now. He hasn't hit for three seasons and he's mm-hmm. due almost $19 million. So it, it's hard to do that stuff. So, um, but yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. All right. So now forget this. We're going to stop talking about the MLB because you'll be there one of these days. I'll be watching on freaking TV. I'll show up at a game. I'll act like I know you to ask you to sign an autograph. and You're going to go, Bill, who? And like, you're just going to even ignore me, Bill. I don't know this guy, Bill. It's fine. I'll get used to it. Okay. I'll just hand the ball to a little kid and see if you'll sign for the kid. All right. Um, I, all right. I'll never forget you. Come on. There you go. <laughs> all right. So let's, let's talk about you now. Okay. You're in your senior year. What are your plans after high school? What are you gonna do? Well, you know, going into uh, a couple weeks after graduation, I'm going down to Vermont. I'm playing for the Lake monsters. Mm-hmm. It's a collegiate summer ball team. And it's pretty good competition, I'd say. Pretty good, good. competition. But they take kids from Vanderbilt, Virginia, uh, you know. So I'm going to be one of the young ones on the team. So it's going to be good competition. Uh, it's wood bet. Really will get me ready for college or, you know, pro ball facing those kids that are in their second or third year. So, you know, just going to prepare me. Uh, you know, right now I'm still on the search again for colleges this is my second time around. So, uh, you know, just trying to make sure I find the right fit in the right situation. And I mean, I'm excited for the season. You know, I know you said after the season, but I'm just focused on the season. I'm ready to play my senior year and, you know, I'm excited and I just not going to let anyone beat me this year. I'm ready. So I, I believe that to be true. I, I believe that you are one of those Italian monsters that will, will make his way in the world, right? I, I mean, there ain't, there ain't nothing that's going to stop you. I know that. So that's awesome. And we'll talk about your your senior year here in a second, which, by the way, um, I plan on being out there for spring training. I'm going to try to to coordinate it for some of your guys' games. So yeah, we, we've got to be, We're going to be pretty good this year. So. 
that's what I hear. That's what I hear. I hear you guys. Uh, I hear you guys got a catcher that uh, is going to be playing over in uh, in a, a collegiate league in uh, Vermont. And I hear you guys got a pitcher over there too. That's that's halfway decent. That's thinking about going to Tennessee. So yeah. I hear there's a couple of things going on over there at your high school. Mm-hmm. So pretty good combo. <laughs> yeah. So what are you doing to keep in shape? Like this is the part. I, and and I'm asking you this question because one. I want to hear it, but two, because I'm an old man and I, we did things a lot different. Just ask your dad. We did things a lot different, you know, when, when we were playing, but mostly too, for the younger top fans that are listening to this, what are you, what are you doing to stay in shape? I mean, it's, it's December, right? You don't, you're not really thinking I have a lot of competition for another two months. So what are you doing? Well, aside from the physical part, you know, I really think that, Mentally, you need to love what you're doing. I think that if you come to the field every day and say it's practice and you don't want to be there, you're not going to get the best work out of yourself. You're not going to get the best work out of your teammates. You're not going to compete hard enough. And that's going to take you away from your goals. I, you know, I believe that me going into everything I do, whether it's working out, going to the field uh, during practice, you know, anything after hours, is because I want to be there, you know? So without, you know, strength training, lifting aside and practicing, it just starts with the mental capacity. Are you ready to do something you love? Is this, does it seem like a chore to you? Because if it does, maybe it's not the right sport. So, you know, my mentality going into it, I, I don't think anything is like a job or I feel like it's me. It's fun for me. I love being out there. So what I'm doing to train is, you know, I'm trying to fuel my body right working at this gym, I make shakes and protein shakes. So I've taken that home and I make some banana, you know, peanut butter shakes and they're good protein beforehand. And on Monday and Wednesdays, we practice from, we get there at 2.15, uh, 3.30 weightlifting is over. So we start 2.15 to 3.30 weightlifting. Uh, after that, 3.45 to about 4.30ish, we have practice, individual work, infield, outfield, uh, hitting in a cage. And then, you know, we try and go 4.45 to about 6. We're playing games. So we have three teams, and my team's undefeated 4-0. You know, Schaefer's not, not doing as well. But, uh, you know, we are ah. – we're – you know, we play against each other. We compete with each other. And, you know, I try and get in. So I lift those two days, and then because I work at a gym – one of those days of the week on Thursdays, I work out after my shift Fridays, I do speed training. And then Saturdays, I usually go hit at the field with my dad. It's funny. Cause it's like, it never seems like I do enough. Like I always feel like I need to do more. Yep. But see, that's, that's, what's going to make you stand out from other talent. First of all, the mental game is, is huge, right? Cause most people don't understand that watch baseball that are just fans of it. It's far beyond a physical game. The physical part of baseball is easy. I mean, even if you're a pitcher or catcher, the physical part is easy. It's the mental stuff, right? It's the mental stuff about you're facing me and I strike you out on three pitches and make you look bad. How do you go watch film? How do you make adjustments so that the next time, you know, you get that double down the line or, or hit it in the gap or something like that? How do you, you know, there's a lot of mental that goes into it. So I love that answer. And, and, and Paul Merco. Uh, okay. Paul Canerco, we're, we're pretty close. He lives down here. Yeah. And, uh, 
Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Disclose you're that. Good. You're good. But, uh, he, he's published and, it. He's published it. You're good. Me and PK, we chat a lot about that approach. Um, you know, I we have been talking about it. I'm at the point where mechanically, you know, if something happens, then yeah, I can clean it up pretty easy and fast. You know, we've the mechanics is pretty tight right now, but it's just the mental aspect. And he used to say when he played that he'd have a checklist and it would be five things and it would be, you know, I don't know all five, but a couple of them would be, did I swing at a good pitch? Did I have a good mentality or an approach? Uh, did I set up a zone? And if you checked off every single one of those boxes, then you could say, I need to go to the cage and work on my swing. But his mental thing was, he's going to look at that list and go, did I swing at a good pitch? No, I swung at a ball in the dirt. Okay, so why am I thinking? I swung at a bad pitch. There's nothing wrong with my swing. It was just my approach. So let's change that next at bat. So something as little as that, once he told me that, I understood and it kind of eased me a little bit because every time I'd be like, oh my gosh, was that a bad swing, blah, blah, blah. And it just comes down to, did you hit the ball hard? You know, did you, did you see it well? Recognize the pitch, good location. Did you have the right mentality? And I check, you know, maybe I leave one of those blank. I'm like, oh, not my swing. So, you know, and I forgot to mention that after practice, six o'clock, we run hill sprints behind our baseball field. So we do that too. So we're putting in a lot of the work, but I just think it makes us pretty tough. And, you know, I don't think a lot of schools are doing it. So I think we're going to grow as a team from that. So. So then you, you just alluded to my next question, my, my final question, but you, dude, I'm loving, I could do this all day with you because I love your mental approach to the game. Um, Both you and Derek have very unique approaches and that's, what's made you successful. Um, And so, and I, I get to see it, you know, and I'll mention this uh, when we post this, but I get to watch your Twitter stuff and things that you send out. And so I get to watch some of your bats and, and things like that, which is fun. But tell me about some of your accomplishments. Tell me about what you want to accomplish. What are you trying to, besides for college, forget, forget college for a second. What are you trying to accomplish this year? And what, what's kind of your strategy going into this season? You know, what, what, what's important to you? What are your accomplishments? Well, you know, I definitely, if it's, if it comes to a team aspect, you know, I, I want to win this year and I just want to make sure that all of us are, my, my accomplishment is to make sure I could help my team as much as possible. You know, from a team aspect, that's what I, I believe. I think that if I can be a leader in a sense where I'm not too pushy and, you know, I really make them work hard and compete with them, I think we'll have a, a good, really good season. That's one of my accomplishments that I make sure that we're always trying our best going 100%. Because not at, not not all the time we're going to listen to coach, you know. Sometimes you better. It's your dad. Well, well, we better. I, you know, I always do. Come on, you know. Yeah. If I, do, yeah. I but even big- more importantly, you better listen to the coach's wife. Because mm-hmm. if you're not listening to the coach's wife, there you got much more problems seeing that that's your mother. But because she's always right, you and your dad may not always be right, but mom is always right. Okay, keep going. But you know, I just think that uh, you know that's sometimes you need some peer appear to tell you like, Hey man, I think that, you know, we just need to focus on this more. Or I think we got to tone it down with all the talk when we're playing catch or something just like, Hey, I love your positivity. 
Uh, so as a team goal, that's what I've set just to bring my team up, teammates up, make sure we do the best we can play the hardest we can uh, from personal goals. You know, the college stuff, honestly, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, you know, it's, it's a tough time, you know, that this, you know, the decommitment happened, you know, with money and, you know, players in the class, it's hard to really get a grasp on, you know, what schools are available. So that I'm just not, not even thinking about. I'm not worried about it, honestly. But, you know, I'm just trying to make sure this year that my approach isn't to bat a certain number. It's my approach isn't to hit a certain amount of home runs. You know, yeah, maybe I have a little grudge on my shoulder and a little chip on my shoulder and I want to prove some people wrong. And I want to show them who Antonio Gianni is this year. Uh, but, you know, my goal is to really just do the best I can and never, never let me beat myself, you know? And, you know, I don't think, you know, I, I think if I stay on that track, I'm going to have a very good year. So. I think so too. I think so too. Your, your attitude is what's going to get it. And notice, you know, the first thing I noticed about your answer to the question was, how do I make my team better? And that's a lot of, a lot of guys in your scenario, a lot of, a lot of high school athletes that I've interviewed, um, when I ask them a question like that, they'll they'll tell me, outside of you and Derek, they'll tell me, well, I want to do this, I want to do this. And notice how it's, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. Well, you know, if you're if you're catching, right, and you make a bad throw out to second on somebody trying to steal on you, but your second baseman is feeling pretty geared up because you pumped him up, he might get in front of that ball a little bit more than he was going to try to get that runner out he's doing it for you he's doing it for you and for the team so i love that i love that aspect of it that's awesome and you know awesome. i i think i think uh you know i do unfortunately during the summer there were some tournaments i ended up batting uh around 380 uh did really well and some tournaments when it really mattered i didn't do as well as i could have and you know there was you know, I kind of beat myself in a way, but I got to a point of realization where it's like, I need to know my worth and not play for anyone else. I need to play for myself and just think about who cares what the other people think. They could think I'm the greatest player in the world or the worst player, but as long as I have, you know, self-reflection and I have confidence, I will always play well. And I think that's a key to being a, you know, a good player in any sport, uh, you know, Baseball, I do think confidence and, you know, being confident in yourself takes a little bit more because, you know, if you don't have confidence in baseball, you're not going to perform well. You're not. I, your mental, it's like you need to be confident and know that I'm, I'm focused in on every pitch. I'm seeing the ball well. Because if you're not confident, you're like, oh, my God, what's he going to throw me? And I'm worried about striking out. So, you know, I think that's uh, the one The just the last goal is to make sure I'm confident, make sure everyone else is confident. You know, this pitching aspect too. pitcher needs to be confident in their catcher, needs to be confident in their off speed, confident that they can throw a strike and get it out. So this plays a part in every uh, position in baseball. Well, and, and exactly. You're going to you're going to get you're going to have that mentality. Um, how do I say this? You're going to, you know, 
as long as you have that mentality that you, you can't be beat, but it's okay if you are beat at, at an at-bat or whatever, because you go and you make an adjustment, you're going to be awesome. You're going to be awesome. So I love it. I love the approach. And I'm looking forward to being out there this year and seeing you play live. I'm tired of watching these videos of you. I mean, you're pretty awesome watching the videos, but I'd like to actually see that you're human and be able to see you play live and, and watch you go four for four with three home runs and a double off the wall or something like that, <laughs> you know? And then, then your dad will turn to me and go, Bill, you're not allowed to go anywhere, man. This guy doesn't hit like this one. You know, you'll stay for all the games. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, going to, it's going to be a pretty fun year. I, I think you got to come out and watch a few. Uh, oh, trust me. I'll, I'll get out there for you, my friend. I'll get out there for you. Derek and I are nest leaders, so we lead our student section this year. So I think we're going to have a pretty big, uh, you know, we go to every sport event. So it would only be fair if they repaid us by coming to watch some baseball. So I think we might get a pretty big student turnout. And, you know, we'll see what happens come July with the big men, see what their opinions are. But I hope we see a lot of those guys this year, too. Yeah, you will. You will. And you're, you know, just just remember, this is the hardest thing. People used to tell me this all the time. Just remember it's a game and remember to have fun, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you can make millions playing this game, right? But two, the pressure gets mounted and added to when you're thinking that. And, you know, you're too young right now to worry about that. Get an ulcer when you're in your 50s or 60s about that stuff. You know, let your, let your parents get, you know, you just have fun playing the game and, it makes you better. It'll make you better in life to understand teamwork. It'll make you better in life to understand how to win at something. So you just keep doing that and you'll be fine. So yeah. And we'll we'll get a picture of you and I and Derek when I get out there. I'll I'll be in the middle of you guys. And I'll go, look, the best looking ones in the middle. And then I got these two guys on the side of me right here. I don't know what this is all about, but two guys on the side of me. <laughs> Antonio, my great good friend, thanks for joining me. Thanks for being in the clubhouse. Stick around for a second, okay, after we're done. But thanks for being here, and uh, we'll get you on again, yeah? Yeah, sounds like a plan. Thank you for having me. I love it. Anytime. I love talking baseball with you. I love your mentality for it. So the um, but Top Fan Rivalry followers, this is Antonio. He has uh, been on the podcast before. Um, we'll make sure that he gets tagged. Follow him. He's a great high school athlete. Uh, he's a name that you're going to see in the future. He is a guy that you will definitely see in the future. So enjoy it. We can all say we knew him when. And he'll ignore all of us at stadiums when we ask him for autographs. I just already know how this is going to be. I'll say, here, I got, I want to, you sign this ball and I got some nachos for you. Which one? He'll hand me the nachos and say, give me the nachos. Don't worry about the ball. <laughs> Not going to happen. Okay. No. All right. There you go. All right, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Thanks so much, Antonio. Bye.